Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. Ever since Zelda games of old, we've been accustomed to fairly simplistic combat. I mean, look at the first game in the series. Aside from items obtained in dungeons, the most you'd see is a simple sword thrust. However, as time has gone on, we've seen a shift in the mindset of the Zelda team when it comes to combat. Ever since the Zelda team went 3D, we haven't seen them look back. We started with Ocarina of Time. Nothing was insanely cool about the combat in this game, but the items offered even more variety than in the 2D games, and the spin from the 2D games was also necessary to be included. Next came Majora's Mask. This had pretty much the same fighting mechanism as Ocarina of Time, except for the mass transformation differences. The Deku Mask had Link shooting bubbles, the Goron Mask had Link being able to roll into enemies and punch them like a badass, and the Zora Mask was used to defeat enemies underwater or fire Zora fins like boomerangs. Some could even say that Majora's Mask had the most adept combat system in retrospect, but of course today I'll be looking at sword combat. Now here's where things get a little interesting, Wind Waker. I've heard a lot of people complain about this game's combat, and even I've voiced my own issues with it in the past. My main issue with it is that you couldn't really hit enemies when they were on the floor. Looking back, that doesn't seem like a very fair criticism considering that would only really become a true feature in the next game that we'll talk about in a minute, but there was A button presses. These were mostly used for counter attacks and were especially useful in the final boss fight in the game. Spin attacks were present of course, and the hurricane spin was also a thing, even if it did feel superfluous at times. Next up is my personal favourite game in the series, and it also houses my favourite lot of sword combat manoeuvres up until Breath of the Wild. One thing that they fixed coming back after Wind Waker was the ending blow. This is used to finish an enemy that sits on the floor, and was one of my favourite inclusions personally. From now on, note that all of these sword techniques were optional, and were unlocked through the hidden skills seen throughout the game, and the hero's shade gifting the player them. The shield attack, this was used to daze enemies. The back slice was actually used in Wind Waker, so in a way I guess you could see this as a substitute for the A attack in Twilight Princess. Next up is the helm splitter, this allowed Link to jump to enemies' heads and slice the enemy from above. Again, this was also in Wind Waker, but only played a part in a few enemies' defences, and really was much more effective in Twilight Princess in my opinion. The Mortal Draw was one of the coolest additions. With correct timing, you could one-shot many enemies, and Link would do it with insane style. The Jump Strike was just making the jump attack slightly better by giving it a radius to do damage almost like an earthquake. The final hidden skill was the Great Spin Attack, which really just made the power of the Spin Attack slightly better when your HP was full. Now all of these additions were at least somewhat helpful and were all very fun to play with, not to mention them actually adding variety to fighting instead of just pressing the same button or swinging the remote to attack. Which brings me on to Skyward Sword. The combat in the game was letting the player swing the remote as if they were Link. There's not much else to say really. There would be no innovative attacks if it wasn't for it being motion controlled. Though I will say that it is cool that you can control which way the hero attacks any enemies. And now we get onto one of the main parts of the video. First off, the combat in Breath of the Wild. In my opinion, Breath of the Wild has easily topped all others for being the best combat wise. The addition of Stasis and Magnesis in particular have set the combat montage scene alight in the Zelda community ever since the game came out. I mean, just look at the absolute insanity that is going on on your screen right now. Anyway, the point is that in a lot of ways, Breath of the Wild's combat was the best in the series, but that's only creatively. If you don't factor in the other items like Stasis, Bombs, Magnesis, Cryonis, then the combat in Breath of the Wild, while of course it was very cool and fluent, it could still be improved in a lot of ways, and a lot of these improvements could actually be taken directly from previous titles, which is exactly why the intro took such a long time to get around. 
I think that approaching combat in the next game should be done with a retrospective eye. Looking back at previous high points in combat in the series and seeing how you can improve your already glowing combat should be at the forefront of creating the next game in the series, especially when it might be made in the same engine as the last game and could take longer than 4 years to come out. So with that said, let's get into the combat in Breath of the Wild 2. Now then, assuming that the Sheikah runes will cease to exist by the time that the next game comes around, I think that the Zelda team needs to go in with a critical eye looking at every single aspect of the combat in Breath of the Wild, making sure that any small improvements with parrying, hitting in general and anything else have been improved. Add small details if possible, I mean they clearly did that with the first game, you could even damage enemies with the Savage Lionel Shield, that is a ridiculous tolerance for attention. So if they can add any smaller easter eggs or details then that would be greatly appreciated, but in general sword combat wise I must once again redirect you to Twilight Princess. As I said, we must look back on one of the high points for combat if you wish to make it even better than the current champion in combat. In particular three moves that I think would fit in the context of Breath of the Wild and possibly the next game if they don't end up revamping the game's engine all over again, which is now a very real possibility actually. The three hidden skills that I think would work in Breath of the Wild 2 would be the Ending Blow, the Mortal Draw and the Helm Splitter. So let me talk about the Ending Blow. So when you knock a Bokoblin over in Breath of the Wild, they normally kind of ragdoll and lie down so that the hero can smack them literally to death. Well I think that the Hero of Wild should be able to perform the ending blow. Depending on how much health the Bokoblin has, the player could actually kill enemies with this attack. The catch being that your HP must be at half or more, giving you the edge over your opponent in combat. If the enemy isn't at a small enough amount of HP, then the HP that the ending blow causes is just taken away from the enemy's health. I can also see this having a cooldown like the champion's ability so that you're not always completely invincible in battle, otherwise it would just feel a bit like you're cheating at that point. Next is the Mortal Draw, possibly the most suave combat opportunity in Link's arsenal. Again, I can see this having a cooldown since the possibilities in another open world like Breath of the Wild would be boundless if you could always just use this move again and again. It would also seem extremely overpowered just like the last one. In a lot of ways, a lot of the moves in this game would be very similar, how they could be handled when developing them, but again, this one in particular is just very cool. To perform the mortal draw, Link has to have his sword away, but ready to be pulled out at any second. When an enemy is finally close enough, by close enough I do mean in sword's range, then for weaker enemies the player can perform the mortal draw and pull out their sword and perform a quick slice that can kill enemies. Or if you don't do enough damage to kill an enemy, then the enemy can be rocked or dazed by the attack meaning that they could spin for a while as the player has the opportunity to slice the enemy even more, making it an essential tool in the hero's locker. The last one to bring back from Twilight Princess for me would be the Helm Splitter. I think this will probably be the hardest to implement for a lot of reasons. For example, the iconic front flip of the Helm Splitters of old in Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. If they can somehow emulate that in Breath of the Wild form, then fair play but this would be more useful for enemies with helmets on. In fact, wouldn't it be interesting to see enemy air variants with different pieces of armor in the next Zelda game? Helmets, body plates, leggings, that would be pretty interesting. Mixing this in with the helm splitter move could destroy some armor and would add yet another element to battle in the next game. Eventually I might even do a deep dive in that idea, so let's run with it for a minute before I end off the video. Imagine Link has specific moves so that he can destroy pieces of armor. Instead of the usual slash, he can swipe at enemies' heads with the helm splitter with the breastplate with the slash, and by crouching and slashing, the player will be given the opportunity to break any leggings that the enemies have. And that could be a new idea that comes to the game. If more enemies were more like the Dark Nuts in previous games, it would add another layer to battle, and would also make sword combat more intuitive. 
With all of that said, which of my ideas would you like to see in Breath of the Wild 2? Or what are some of your own ideas that you can see changing in the next game's combat? Or do you think that there will be minimal changes? Tell me down in the comments below. Now I must apologise that this video is slightly shorter than usual as I have had my exams this week and I've also got a ton to do this weekend, but I hope you enjoyed what you saw. If you did, then it would mean a lot to me if you could subscribe and like the video. It really helps me out. And the people that you can see on screen right now are my patrons and Sumji is one of the coolest people on the earth, hands down. So thank you all for your continued support. If you'd like to join them, then you can do by visiting the link in the description and also pledging such a small amount such as £1 or $1.50 a month. Along with that, link is the link to my other social medias. Now thank you for listening to that episode. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, of course. There's loads of Zelda content waiting for you. Just search Triforce Trends. Thank you for listening.